if you had a chance to ask an international leadership influencer anything you wanted, what would you ask? Well, in today's candid conversation, I get to do just that. My guest has traveled all over the world, speaking at some of the biggest companies on the planet, including Coca-Cola and Hewlett-Packard, just to name a few. And not only does he speak on leadership, he also helps entrepreneurs unpack their story so they can connect with their target market. And that is a valuable skill no matter what area you are in, no matter where you're trying to influence. So stay with me for another candid conversation. Hey there, you're listening to the Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm Sharon Hughes, and on this show, we talk about mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be, with tips, strategies, and interviews to help you create a life you love. I'm really glad you're here. So come on, let's go. Joining me is an international speaker, influencer, and his clients include Coca-Cola, Hewlett-Packard, and Fuji Xerox, just to name a few. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Colin Boyd. Hey, great to be here, Sharon. Thank you so much. You know, I just stalked your profile as I do with all of my guests and just reading up on you. You are such a powerful communicator and you're so passionate about sharing with people how to share their stories and also how to help people become better leaders. And that's something that I just love so much. So how did you come into this space? So for me, uh, it was, I, I finished college. You would call it college. I was in Australia at the time. We obviously, we live in the US now, but I finished university, came out with like a marketing degree. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I chose marketing and human resource. I thought mm-hmm. that's kind of broad enough that would cover mm-hmm. a few things. And uh, went into went into uh, corporate training essentially, and mm-hmm. I was doing that for a number of years. Really liked it, but I got made redundant. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but mm-hmm. the um, that redundancy experience made me ask the question of like, what do I actually want to do longer term? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I started studying life coaching, so I was doing a life coaching diploma, mm-hmm. and uh, that essentially, I remember. One time, actually, I was sitting in, this was kind of like around the moment where I'd come out of college and I was actually working a job in between my corporate training role. And I saw a a trainer come into our organization and they delivered like a brainstorming session. And I remember just looking at them thinking, wow, that's that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't know what it was. And then I asked what they got paid. And it was like, Mm -hmm. they got paid the amount that I got paid for my whole month for their like two hours of work. <laughs> I remember wow. just thinking, okay, how do I get in that type of job? Right. Um, and so that evolved into me getting into corporate training and then I got made redundant, became a life coach. And then very quickly in my first gig, um, I had the privilege of landing some really big corporations from a free speaking gig that I gave. And, and that wow. kind of started my obsession along the journey of, of using speaking to grow my business and then kind of teaching other people to use speaking to grow their business. And so Mm -hmm. how I got into it was really this, I think the the desire to better myself because I saw life coaching as a way of coaching myself Mm -hmm. and contributing to others. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, if I can align my passions and helping Mm -hmm. people making money, then, you know, what could be better? So that's kind of what, what led me into it. Wow, that's amazing. So you've positioned yourself in the market. Like, 
you're kind of, you're a big deal, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) You're a big deal. Because obviously I watch your social media and I was like, Colin, Colin's coming on. I was like, he's hanging out with like all these like really other people that are really big deals. I mean, and so for people watching you that are, that are just starting out and they're going, you know, like, Oh, I have a message and you know, I want to be an influencer. What, how do they do that? How do, how do you put it out there? Mm. They need to, well, they, need think, to, they need to work with you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I love what Jim Rowan said, uh, the late Jim Rowan, he said that your income seldom surpasses your personal development. And whenever it does, it usually comes back down to your level of personal development. And especially as an entrepreneur, um, my obsession has been to lean in hard into my personal development. So investing Mm. into very expensive programs at the time. And each time we do it, even this year, you know, I kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, are we going to do this? You know, (laughs) and every time that I didn't do that, I really noticed it in my business. And so I decided probably like four years ago that I was going to lean in harder into that, mm-hmm. that side of things mm-hmm. and investing. Um, and I've just, it's been a really great experience. I think there's two levels is the personal development side of things. And so, yeah, being around people, because when you kind of invest at like, as you grow and obviously you've got to invest in terms of where you're at with your, with your business and stuff. Like I don't recommend doing stupid stuff. Um, but, but I do recommend, you know, taking a risk and it should feel a little bit stretching to do that. And when you do that, you end up getting yourself into circles that, that you wouldn't have had access before. Mm -hmm. And then that starts to have like a flow on effect and you start doing collaborations and start hanging around people who are actually doing really significant things. Right. And so when you're hanging out with someone who they're normal is to make a million dollars. Their normal is to make $3 million, is to be on the stage with some of the biggest headliners in the world. Like that's their mm-hmm. normal. All of a sudden you start asking yourself and talking to yourself and thinking, you know, maybe this could be my normal as well. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with them. Maybe this could be my normal. And you start to normalize the fact that you can have a really big life. And so wow. that's being in proximity, close proximity to people has been a really long journey. I mean, I've been in this industry full time for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And so, which, you know, for this industry is probably, I feel like I'm a grandfather, even though I'm fairly young. <laughs> um, for this industry, there's a lot of flash in the pans in the thought leader industry, even just entrepreneur industry. And so if you've been in, in this industry for any longer than three years, you're kind of like a, you know, a, almost a grown adult in, the, in, the, in this industry. Like three mm-hmm. years is like a long-term plan for most people. And so... Uh, it's been a, it's been a big journey along that that process. I think another one is uh, there's a de- I love that that um, I think it's Stephen Pressfield he wrote that book around turning pro, mm. and turning pro is essentially making a commitment to uh, be consistent, to show up for your audience, and to right. build that trust and that credibility. And so most right. people will be like sporadic. Mm-hmm. You you know a professional when they're showing up every day consistently for years mm-hmm. and you do that um, and you create really great offers for your audience and you build a business. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that, you know, it's kind of that simple. A lot of the time it's kind of like when people ask, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, oh, if someone lost a lot of weight, they're like, how'd you do it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I just stopped eating as much and I exercised more. And it's like, well, I know <laughs> how to do that. 
So right. most people actually know what they need to do, but they, they haven't made that commitment to fully turn pro. And right. so that would be, you know, from a behavioral level and an emotional mental level, the kind of the things that have made a big difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. The consistency I, I know is so key. And you offer, you offer a program to help people like really streamline their day and become more effective. Tell us about yes. that program. So that was the program that changed everything for me. Now, what I used to be known for was productivity. Uh, and the reason why was, and it was very much productivity for creative people. Mm-hmm. And so it was for all those people who weren't David Allen. Um, because I mean, I fully respect David Allen and what he's done with getting things done. He's basically the biggest thought leader in productivity there ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked at his system and I'm like, I can't do this system. This is too much detail. This is too much process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I built a system for people who wanted more flexibility. And so that program, we launched it as an online program and, you know, we ended up doing millions of dollars in it over the last couple of years. And it, it has literally changed my life. You know, it's brought us to the U S um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, I sell it on stages. And so back previous to what I'm kind of doing now, I was very much known for productive productivity for creative people. Mm. Um, and so that, that process, um, has, has changed my life and probably a thousand people will use it today. Like it is, there is thousands of people around the world using it. And that's kind of, that was the intention in it. When I created it, I thought, how do I create a productivity program that would like, if they only had a choice of one program their entire life, Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be that program. And so when I Mm -hmm. create stuff, like even with my new program, sell from stage Academy, my my obsession is if if someone could only choose one program around how to communicate persuasively on a stage or on a webinar, I want it to be my program. So it's like I just get obsessed with creating the most um, effective and fastest result driven program in that particular category, and and then that's that that creates a conviction in me when I sell it. Wow. Wow, I'm just trying to take that in. I, I'm writing notes while you're talking. Very good. That is amazing. Okay, you put on your Instagram the other day something that really rocked me personally, and I know it's it's rocked other people as well. You will never influence the world by being just like it. I like it. It's like so simple, but it's so deep at the same time. And there's so many ways that people can take that saying. Um, was that saying based in your faith or was it based just in business? I think for me, uh, so I became a Christian at the age of 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an encounter with God and it just fundamentally changed my life. Wow. And uh, I remember I was a teenager and it was funny because I just moved into the area where all the big parties were happening. Okay. And I remember I was so excited because I thought, you know what, I'm just going to just party so hard. <laughs> and I remember I gave my life to God and um, my entire outlook on life fundamentally shifted like mm-hmm. overnight. And uh, obviously, I've had to work and journey work out my salvation as as I've gone. But it's like it was funny because I felt like, oh, okay, like I I actually didn't have this desire anymore to go out and just get wasted every mm-hmm. you know every Friday night <laughs> because my values had like changed overnight yeah. when when 
you know, God came into my life. And so um, I think for me, I don't as much openly have a brand of being a Christian, mm-hmm. but it's quite fascinating that a lot of, a lot of um, people in our mastermind, a lot of people uh, who come into our lives end up being Christians. And that's not my intention at all. Like mm-hmm. my intention is to, when I'm building our business, I feel like part of my message, part of what I do, cause I, I am obsessed about building, building the church mm-hmm. and we're a part of a church, a local church here in, in Orange County. And my obsession is about bringing the, the, the sophistication and the commercialization that the marketplace can bring and helping the church to, to up level in that, in like how, mm-hmm. they, mess- how they message things, how they run events, how they communicate their message and also funding it. Like I feel mm-hmm. a real calling to give on a significant level to fund the church and mm-hmm. its, its mission and, and so forth. So, for me, I, I'm not, uh, that's not necessarily my brand. And, you know, like it's, you know, either all, it doesn't really bother me whoever has that brand, but it's mm-hmm. more, I've just more kind of positioned myself as a, as a guy who helps people to sell stuff. Um, <laughs> and, and yes, I, I'm a Christian as well. And if you get close to me, you'll, you'll feel my values. You'll feel that sort of stuff mm-hmm. on a random story. I actually had, I remember, uh, my first ever coach, I hired a life coach mm-hmm. and a uh, really great guy. And he coached me. Uh, he wasn't a Christian and he, he hired, I hired him and, and he coached me and got to see my inner workings. And it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, my business accelerated. In fact, it ended up, you know, doing more, a lot more high revenue than his business was doing. And through that process, he actually gave his life to God. Wow. Um, and he attributes the experience of coaching me to giving his life to God. And then he hired me as his coach about <laughs> a year later because he's like, dude, whatever you're doing, I need to do that. Oh my and gosh. So, and we're still good buddies now and I love him dearly. And, and so it's, it's such a, it's such a fascinating experience uh, and the journey of faith in business and so forth. So, yeah. That's such a great story. I love that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So another thing that you said, you say so many great things like, guy, where do I stop? Okay. Cause this one, this one also really got me. And I know this is going to get people that are stuck in all different areas of their life. Growth is painful. Change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. How many of us literally just sit here, whether you're a college student or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or um, you're an entrepreneur that's been at it for years and you just feel like, like you, do I belong here or you're feeling stuck? Mm. So what advice would you give to somebody that, that just feels like they're stuck and they're wondering, do I belong here? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was about two years ago um, my wife and I, Sarah, had been talking about moving to the US uh, or maybe even three years ago. And I remember we were talking about the fact that we felt like a real calling to come to the US and that mm. that because as much as um, sometimes I don't like to say it, the US is the center of the world. 
And <laughs> when it, especially when it comes to our industry and entrepreneurship and personal development, Australia is a great country. I, I, I just love it. It's the quality of life is insane. Everything's just simple and it just works. Yeah. Um, but the US is a beast. It's the opportunity central. <laughs> and so uh, we we're in that place, that limbo place of, you know, do we, you know, we, we've got a great life here. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some things that were frustrating me about it, but also like the biggest thing was that we just felt like if we didn't come to the US and at least give it a go, even if it failed, I would feel like my life wasn't complete or I'd feel mm-hmm. like I hadn't gone after everything that I wanted. And so we mm-hmm. asked the rocking chair question, which I think is just the most powerful question in the world, which is when you're 90 years old sitting on your mm-hmm. rocking chair, um, would you look back on your life and regret not at least giving this a go? Mm. And our, my answer was yes. I would like, even if we came to the US and it failed, um, I, would still, I, I would still be okay with it. I would feel better that it mm-hmm. failed than if we didn't give it a go. And so we were kind of stuck in that limbo place of we were comfortable but also uncomfortable, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And there was this, we were on the kind of the, the hard side of the decision of we hadn't made the decision yet. But that question really made me rise up and and take the courage to do it. I remember we landed in Irvine, which you would know, kind of in, <laughs> in Orange County area. Right. We had two weeks two weeks of rent at an Airbnb, and that was it. And I I wow. I didn't have any American clients, like any face to face American clients or anything wow. like that. We were doing some some like cool stuff globally and doing some promotions with our online courses, but right. I had no clients. I barely knew anyone, and I remember looking at my two little kids. Uh, they were three and five at the time, and just thinking, "Daddy doesn't know what he's doing," <laughs> um, but, but you can trust me. Like, and also that that trust of you know that we felt like the desires that had put in our heart, like God had put it in our heart. And so that we could trust him and work it out. And honest, honestly, I just look back and I think the miracles that have occurred, like even the house that we live in, like we arrived with no credit. No mm-hmm. one knew us, no one trusted us. And even though we had amazing financial record in Australia, the, the US does not care about any <laughs> other country other than the US. Wow, and I so, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't. All the banks, you know, like yeah. we're talking institutions, like people yeah. will be fine, but the banks mm. and even the rental properties and so forth. And so, but we walked into this, this place that we're in right now and there was a, a, an older couple that are like 90 years old, like literally. And we walk in and we, and we said who we were and we said, we've got two little kids and, and we said, we would just move from Australia. And they said to us, well, do you know what? We were actually English. We're American citizens now. But they're like, we're English. We had a three and a five-year-old when we moved to the oh. US and we immigrated and they're, and they're business owners as well. And they were like, we saw you 50 years, we saw you, we saw us in you 50 years ago. They were oh, like, you were so us. Oh, and so they literally it. were like, if you want this house and we were in an ama- like a pretty amazing era, we're like three minutes from the ocean um, and it's like a five-bedroom bed- house. It's incredible. And they were like, we, we saw us and you. And they were like, if you want the house, you can have it. Oh, my gosh. And it's like those sort of moments, you know, yeah. like you could call it luck, but I don't think it is. I think it's just like mm. God, just, it's God's grace just opening up mm. in our life. That's um, beautiful. And just really beautiful reminding moments of like, you know, we've got, like, we've got, I've got you. Mm-hmm. Um, like things will work out. 
Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's really going to encourage a lot of people. Yeah, so I and it takes this. such a step of faith. Oh, it with, does. You know, and it, and I think um, I feel like a lot of like if you know your listeners are are Christians, I feel like there's two types of faith. Mm-hmm. And this has been, I feel like my message for when I speak in churches and so forth is that there's faith for salvation. Like you give your life to God, you, mm-hmm. you, and I think a lot of Christians know what that's like and, and mm-hmm. you, you know, you're saved, you know, you know, you've given your life to Christ. Um, but then there's faith for trusting God for the next level of your life. Mm-hmm. And I feel yes. like a lot of people stop at faith in salvation, but they mm-hmm. don't move on to the faith for the next level. It's kind of like, um, you know the uh, I love that uh, the story of of where uh, I think it's the children of Israel and they send out the twelve spies um, and ten of the spies come back and then the two um, come back I think it's is it Joshua I can't remember um, but he says you know yeah. the 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 land is really scary there are giants in there's there. giants yes <laughs> there's, yeah there's giants in this land but God promised us this land so we have yeah. to go. And I just yeah. loved like that that resolve, that that faith level mm. that he had. And everyone else were doubters, yeah. but they were all children of Israel. But they, there was like 10 doubters and there was two that actually accessed the faith level that was needed mm-hmm. for the promised land. And I feel like a lot of Christians aren't entering their kind of promised land mm-hmm. because they're not taking that next level of faith of like trusting, like actually trusting God. It's kind of like... Mm-hmm. I know for me, I went on that journey with finances. I feel like when you start tithing and you start trusting God and giving your finances to God, it's it's like a whole nother level of faith that mm-hmm. that it takes. Like it's one thing to go, you know, give your life to God and 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 be saved, but it's I've, I've found the, the the hardest part is actually giving over financial things and and giving over my time and like actually and making decisions mm-hmm. that are really scary, like that's been the thing that is like that whole working out my salvation and truly trusting God on the next level. That's what I feel like part of my message is to help people to do that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I just love this. This is just so inspirational. It's really going to help a lot of people because I think so many people are really stuck in, in fear as well. They get really, I call it crazy brain. They just get crazy brained out of like, well, what if this doesn't work? And you know, what if we, what if I invest in this or that? And I just fall apart and fall flat on my face. Or what if I launch a course and nobody buys it, you know, and then they, they have like failure to launch. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's like, that is inevitable that all of those things, like what if this happens? Mm -hmm. It probably will <laughs> because <laughs> I've launched courses. Like when I launched Productivity Academy, which was my old product, um, we had one sale. Like I had spent, I think, $7,000 in the creation of it, uh, which was a lot of money at the time. Mm-hmm. And I sold one product. And I remember wow. it was like, I felt like the biggest failure ever. I'm like, I've blown this. This has wow. been horrible. And we've done millions of dollars in it now. And I look back at that experience and it did happen. Like, I mean, I sold one product, but I've ran other webinars and stuff before where mm-hmm. I sold, I've sold none. So, you know, it's inevitable that mm-hmm. like that is part of the journey. But I, I definitely feel like if you invest in mentors, if you invest in yourself, get in mastermind groups or coaching mm-hmm. groups, you know, we're mm-hmm. always doing programs ourselves. 
you can definitely speed up that process. Right. Uh, so like I said, like, you know, the Jim Rowan quote of your income seldom exceeds your personal development. And that is just, that's like just so true. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's coming up next for you? Like what you, you just, you've got so much going on. I mean, you travel yes. and speak internationally. Yes. So you're kind of busy, but how can people yeah. work with you? And what, what have you got next coming down the pipe? So we, we've actually just, we just ran a, a beta program for our, my new program because for me, when I looked back over my journey, the most defining moments were the moments when I got on stages. Mm. And so it would be a live stage or webinars. And so I remember the moment that changed my life was when I, I was booked for a keynote speech mm-hmm. and, I, and I had my standard fee. So they paid my fee. And I said to the organizer, hey, I've got a program. It was actually Productivity Academy at the time. And I said, I've got a program that couples really well with this topic. Would it be okay if I shared, shared it as a next step? And, you know, we could do a promotional price. And we, mm-hmm. I even did like a bit of a, a joint venture with this, with this person. And they loved the idea. And so I taught, uh, I taught my ideas and then I shared the next steps with the Productivity Academy. And we did, it was a, it was a half an hour keynote, like really short. We did $128,000 in the half an hour. Wow. And I remember just thinking, holy moly, like what on earth just happened? Like I right. never experienced anything like this before. I was used to being wow. paid my keto fee, which is, which is great, but it's like still just time for money. Yeah. And it was in that experience. And then I looked back over my career and I, and I realized that the speeches where I had spoken and sold and not just sold a program, but like ask for people's details to win a contest with me or ask for people's mm-hmm. details to get an upgrade in something. Those were the moments that changed my life. Like my first speaking engagement, mm-hmm. I made an offer to give away some coaching for free. Straight after it, I ended up, I ended up signing 12 coaching clients and I only had one at the time. And then I signed wow. my first corporate gig with Hewlett Packard. And that was a 5,000 person training event. That was my wow. first paid corporate gig. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's definitely a pinch me moment. <laughs> oh, it was mental. When he when I was on the phone call with him and he asked my price and it was like the first time I'd ever spoken and I said four thousand dollars was my price. He didn't batter an eye, like he didn't blink. <gasps> he was like, Oh, that's great. That sounds fantastic. And I was thinking, okay, like I was so scared to say that number because I'd never said a number like that before. I mean, that's what yeah. I used to earn for a month, pretty much. And 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 then at the end, I said, oh, how many people are going to be at the event? And he was like, oh, there'd probably be five, five and a half thousand at the <laughs> event. And I'm like, did he just say five and a half thousand people? <laughs> and, and then, I mean, HP have been a client for like over 10 years. Like they still mm-hmm. call me up and we do stuff together. Not as much now anymore because I mainly serve entrepreneurs. Um, but randomly they'll still call me up to do stuff. But for me, I look back and I, the defining moments was either, either big webinars that I'd ran or just webinars or live speaking engagements. Hmm. And I realized that the fastest way to grow my business was to get on stages. Hmm. And so I built a system that basically teaches people to get on stages and then speak in a way that sells on stages. And so it's really designed for the next generation of people coming through, these thought leaders, these entrepreneurs. And, it, and it's quite fascinating. If you look at any top level influencer, like, you know, like an Amy Porterfield or James Wedmore mm-hmm. and, you know, like these kind of guys who I actually get the opportunity to coach, I've coached all of them 
in their speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. And like, they're all standing on stages. Any market leader stands Mm -hmm. on stages. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be a market leader, you need to develop that skill. And that's you taking that identity, first of all, of, of saying, this is something that I want to work towards. And so um, I've just finished building a a new program. It's called the sell from stage Academy. And essentially it's designed to teach, teach online educators and experts to speak in a way that that really touches people's hearts, um, shifts their thinking, and moves them to buy mm-hmm. uh, in a really authentic way. That's kind of the messaging yeah. of it, and um, I'm I'm proud of it because we've gone all out. Like there's like drone footage. There's like you know the, it's it's like a blockbuster product, right? And so I want people to have an amazing experience with it. And so we just we just finished creating that, and we we're we're about to open it up for the first time. Um, at the end of May. So, but a part of that, I mean, you know, for your listeners, something that they can get for free off me is a part of what I teach in that whole system is, is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think most people want to discover their story. They know it's in there, but it's like they, w- they don't know how to uncover it sometimes. I agree. And there's a very specific method that I take people through mm-hmm. to uncover their story and then shape their story so that when they, when they tell it, it actually sells their stuff without selling. Okay. And, and that's at, that's at sellwithstoryguide.com? Correct. Yeah. Oh, so they can grab it. it at sellwithstoryguide.com. And that's where I just take you through the steps in discovering mm-hmm. your story and then telling your story because there's three secret ingredients that you need in your signature story to make sure that it sells. And so, yeah, they can grab that there if they want. So that's like a free resource for them. Well, your website has a lot of free content, even the videos that you put out there. I was listening to one of your videos about leadership, of how to communicate with people and saying, you know, I'd love to do this when you're speaking to your team. I just left the corporate world and I was thinking, nobody in my office talked like that. Nobody said, Mm. I'd love to create this. Or how about if we, and, you know, just, and and it, it sounds so unifying when leaders speak mm. like that. Yeah. 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 Like possibility. Well, that's possibility mm-hmm. and unifying language mm-hmm. as opposed to necessity driven language. Yeah. yeah. Cause language shapes culture. Absolutely. And, so, and I mean, that's why I'm obsessed about speaking and selling is because mm-hmm. it's, it's just language. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it shapes people's thinking. It changes people's lives. And my obsession, I mean, the core premise of, of this whole thing is that selling is essentially serving at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And so people associate selling with like being pushy and sleazy and right. you know, inauthentic and awkward and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And, but at the core of selling, it is basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm creating an offer, a space for you that can transform your life in a particular area. And if you would like to enter that space, you're welcome to come in. Yeah. And that's essentially what good quality selling is. It's not pushy at all. And it's offering a space where you can serve people at, the, at a higher level. Right. I think people want to do business with other people that they feel that human connection with. So I think truly, no matter what anyone is selling, they need to grab Sell with Story Guide. And of course, I'll have that linked in the show notes. It, right? I mean, even if you're selling t-shirts, like you've got to have Absolutely. a story, maybe something, something about how you ended up there or what you've overcome to get there. Yeah. Yeah, Well, the power of story is that 
when you tell a story, people don't listen to your story. They, they find connections to their own story. Mm. And so, I mean, part of the guide you'll learn is that your story actually, your story has nothing to do with you. Mm. <laughs> like when you tell your story, the story that the customer is listening to is their own. And they're making emotional, mental, neurological connections as you tell your story. And they're going, oh, yeah, I've experienced something like that. Or I would like to experience something like that. And that's Ooh. one of the powers of stories because our conscious mind goes unconscious and we actually get in a state of, of receivership. And mm-hmm. that's why it's such an influential piece in the, in the journey. Wow, I love that. Wow. It's been such a pleasure having you. You are a wealth of information and I just appreciate you giving up time in your day. I know you were at a little princess's birthday party this morning. <laughs> yeah, this morning we had my, my daughter's birthday party, fourth-year-old birthday party. Oh, so we had to go amazing. and see birthday. Yeah. So, oh, it's so, been a pleasure, Sharon. And you know, I love what you're doing in your mission and you bring great energy and intention to what you oh, do. And, thank you. and I know that you're here to serve people. So it's been a pleasure to have this conversation. Thank you. Now you know why I'm such a huge fan of Collins. He's so authentic and he truly believes in helping others reach their goals. You can connect with Colin at colinboyd.co. It's linked below in the show notes. And make sure you grab Sell With Story Guide. It's at sellwithstoryguide.com. Everything is linked below once again. And until next time, I wish you every good thing.